Welcome back to Round Guy the Podcast. The Smithburg Auto presents high school football in Southeast Iowa. Smithburg Auto, Fairfield, Iowa. Two locations to serve you better. If you need a car, talk to David. We're on the phone with Scotty Melvin. He's about to play Beat the Round Guy. Welcome back, Scott. Thanks for having me. It's good to be back again. All right. So, uh, man, what an experience Friday night was, huh? It doesn't get any better than that. I I told Liz the other day, I'm like, you know, it's been, it's been 24, 48 hours since the end of that Waco game, and I'm still not sure of what I just saw. You're just shaking on the edge of your seat the whole time. I didn't get no text yeah. or nothing. It, it was insane. I, I'm almost as excited as Coach Edeker, I think. <laughs> yeah, he was really happy, wasn't he? Mm. Yeah. He has every right to be. That's uh, that's some special memories there those kids and him are making. So we, we were able to get some interviews this week. We got uh, Coach Cavanaugh at Mid-Prairie, and we were able to get uh, Coach Jensen and Sigourney, and we just got a good interview with uh, Coach Edeker over at Waco. What, what did you think of those? Did you learn anything about what's happening this last week and next week? Yes, uh, those were great for uh, those of us interested in these upcoming games because those guys, you know, they get the opportunity to watch tape and everything. And I'm trying to dig up information from the various newspapers around the state. And that is not an easy task, even when we're getting down to where there's only a few games to cover. Um, I'm able to dig up a little bit, but but most of my information on these upcoming opponents comes from the coaches. And and it's just really fun to listen to their uh, take on what challenges they're going to face this week. It's straight from the horse's mouth when we do that, isn't it? Yep, and it's, that's the best place to go for it. So uh, I remember when we picked 15 games and then covered a few more, four or five others, you know, but now you say there's only four teams left from the area. But I tell you, when the playoffs start, it just whittles things down so fast. And, uh, you know, there's years where maybe we're, we're lucky that we've got four at this point already that's just the way the playoffs go sure does so uh let's talk about the what's the first game you got for us to pick well i'll go down the list uh from small to big and and uh first up's waco an eight player and they're traveling like coach Edeker said two and a quarter hours away to play at martinsdale which is just south of des moines uh it's a public school even though it's called saint mary's at martinsdale and uh they're seven and two and I don't know a ton about their their area or district that they play in. Uh, like he said, they're six and zero in their district. Their two losses came against you know really good competition outside of the district, and and the alphabet's the reason why Waco's yeah. got to go on the road. Coach Edeker explained that really well, didn't he? He sure did, because I I've been asking the same question. We've been talking about it at work, even like what is what is the deal? You know, why should Waco go on the road? Now we know. So uh, that was great that, that Coach Edeker took the time to explain that. But it doesn't seem to be affecting him at all. No. Um, Home like game, said, road game, don't matter to him. Point. You, you got to win who's put in front of you, and you got to go wherever that takes you. And all you can do is uh, put forth your best effort and, and let the chips fall. Well, Round Guy says his heart ain't strong enough to watch this Waco team the way they win games. I can tell you there's a few hundred people in the stands <laughs> Friday night that would probably agree. Uh, it was exciting, but it was a definitely will <laughs> test your blood pressure. All these coaches can paint such a vivid picture of the game. You know what I mean? When you ask them to recap the game, 
And we give them opportunities that they just aren't going to have on other radio shows and stuff because of the time frames, and they can really get out there and, and you know, uh, really talk about it. So uh, what's the first game we're going to be looking at? It's Waco then. Uh, so what's the what's the ins and outs of it? Well, um, as you said, or well, as Coach Edeker said on the show earlier, Martinsdale presents some challenges in that uh, they've got some size um, that maybe Waco hasn't seen this year with a really big fella in the middle. Um, so yeah. 300 Waco, plus pounder that, center that can move people really well. Yeah. And he said, he's what? Six, three, three fifty. Yeah. <laughs> you don't see too many wow. of those kids in eight. Big. Play. Yeah. He said they were going to have to really come up with some uh, inventive ways to deal with that. But yeah, that, that would present a, that would present a problem. I would imagine for him. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I noticed that I don't have a lot of info on Martinsdale. This last game they played, uh, you know, it would be their first round playoff game. They did put up 74 points, so we know they can score. But that's that's pretty typical of any of the good eight-man teams. Um, you know, they get rolling in, in on that smaller field. They can put up some points. Uh, but Waco can too, and they haven't had to uh, due to the fact they play such stingy defense. Yeah, but they have won games in a lot of different ways this year. Well, and that's the thing you can say about Waco is, is they find a way to win. Um, you know, the other night, like he said, they started out slow, and it wasn't that they were – you know, I said, oh, they probably played worse than I'd seen them play. Well, that that's not really accurate. It, it was a fact of the matter that their opponent was just that good, and some things were not going Waco's way. They were They were doing the right things. It just – wasn't adding up to points uh, in the first half, but they did what they do and they just kept grinding away um, and they made the plays when they had to, and they pulled it out. It's kind of like what they did against new London. They just, they found a way. Boy, new London almost found a way to beat Montezuma last week. Didn't they? Yeah. And I'm going to talk about them here in a minute. Uh, when we get to handing out our, uh, you know, offense. And defense the week type All right. Of well, let's, let's get, let's get through these games and let's get to the game balls and the offensive players and defensive teams and so what's what's after Waco okay so then let's go to 1A and we've got Waterloo Columbus Catholic the Sailors are going to visit our our guys up in Sigourney Sigourney Kyoto Cobras Waterloo 7 and 2 Sigourney's 9 and 0 I don't believe there's any common opponents to look at as far as that goes, I know uh, Waterloo, Columbus's two losses were to quality teams, and that's all you're going to see from here on in the playoffs. You're not going to see anybody that uh, is anywhere close to a cupcake at this point. And uh, Waterloo, you know, they're familiar with them. They played last year in the quarterfinals, and Sigourney was able to eke out a win and get up to the Dome. Um, it sounds like, according to Coach Jensen, Waterloo, Columbus has lost a few players off that team. They do bring back their quarterback. They've got a good tradition up there, so I'm sure they've reloaded well. Um, but I look for Sigourney Kyoto to do well, and, and I think they're on a mission, and I think they're going to take care of business. I can't wait to go to the game. I purchased my tickets this morning, and I'll be up there at the Snake Pit Friday night. Yeah, that's going to be great. We'll get some get some, uh, get some some perspective on that, too. Uh, uh, yeah, let so, me know if you get ticks yourself, and uh, we'll meet up there and check it out. I got uh, Coach Jensen um, – told me I mean, he seems to be very familiar with this team and uh, yeah he seems to have a game plan and uh he knows what kind of challenges they're going to present that's for sure but uh yeah I, I like him in that so what what other game is there 
Well, now we're moving on up to 2A, and we've got our Golden Hawks from Mid-Prairie, Wellman, going on the road to top-ranked 2A West Marshall of State Center. And uh, they're eight and one, but they're, they're the Des Moines Register's number one team in 2A. So uh, it's going to be a tall task. But, you know, uh, when I'm looking at these teams on paper, I did a little digging on West Marshall. They're very similar to Mid-Prairie. They do like to run the ball. I would say they pass less than Mid-Prairie. I think Mid-Prairie's got an advantage with uh, Will Cavanaugh back there being able to throw the ball around if needed. Um, West Marshall hangs their hat on defense. They love to play defense, according to their coach. They like to fly around the field and hit people. They seem to be very physical. They beat uh, Centerville 42 to nothing last week in uh, round one. Mid-Prairie just a few weeks ago beat Centerville 42 to 21. So they do have a common opponent. I think on paper, Mid-Prairie matches up very well in this game. And uh, even though it's on the road and it's against a, a top-ranked team, I think Mid-Prairie's got a really good shot at, at making it to another round. Well, I know Coach Cavanaugh have them ready to go. Uh, you know, uh, that, that road trip can be exhausting. But Yeah, especially on a Friday night. I think if they can get off to a good start, uh, that will be a big, big factor in the game. And uh, – I mean, look, they're really good. There's no question about it. There ain't nobody around here that isn't really good that's still playing football in this state. That's a fact. There's no there's no pushover games left. So uh, what else? There's something else, isn't there? So we've got nobody in 3A uh, from the area that made it. Uh, games of interest would be Grinnell out of our uh, our local teams' district. It has to go to West Delaware. I look for West Delaware to, to take that one and probably take it big. That, that team is phenomenal. And then uh, Solon hosts Davenport Assumption, and that one should be a, a really good game. Uh, of course, like I said, they're not area teams, so I don't know a whole lot about any of those. And so we'll move on to 4A. We have one Southeast Iowa team left. It's the Burlington Greyhounds, who uh, gutted out a amazing win last week against Fort Madison to get in this playoff. Um, when was the last time they've been in? Wasn't it uh, like 2010 or something like that? It was a while ago. It was, you know, decades ago. Well, let me let me throw a little bit more uh, uh, interesting tidbit on top of that. Guess when the last time Burlington has won a playoff game was? Uh, I don't know. 30 years ago. 30. 1991, I was a sophomore in high school. Yeah, they, they won one then, huh? Yeah, and I, and I was talking about English Valley's having a dry spell, you know, uh, having – Having not won a playoff game since 2000, Burlington goes back to 1991. I was betting on Burlington's just wanting to grind into the playoffs. You know what I mean? They they really wanted to get there, didn't they? They did, and it's it's a talented team, a hungry team. Um, they've got some great athletes, and, and they've got the state's top running back. Uh, Bryant Williams is over 2,000 yards rushing at this point. But the, the, the task ahead is, you know, if you want to call it a reward, they're rewarded with a trip to Cedar Rapids Xavier, which is one of the premier uh, football programs in the state. And this is going to be a, it's going to be a monumental task. So we'll see if that uh, enthusiasm and that hunger will, will drive them to big things up there at Cedar Rapids. Well, I imagine Cedar Rapids Xavier will know that they have been in a ball game by the time this is over. And they I believe will, so. It's, it's going to be physical. No doubt. They're going to learn to respect this uh, young man from Burlington, Iowa. Because uh, he's a pride of Southeast Iowa right now, I think. Yeah, he's uh, 
he's on another level as far as being an athlete. My, my feeling, uh, having lived near Burlington my entire life, one way or another, whether I was on this side of the Mississippi or growing up in Western Illinois, is that the, that town has the athletes year in and year out. Now, if the current coach can continue to get those kids to come out for football, uh, there's no reason for this to be a, a one-off season for Burlington. You know, they, they have no reason that they can't build a, a program that's solid every year. Kurt Warner was born in Burlington, Iowa. You said it. And, and like I said, there's been some major talent in that town um, over the years. And I, I don't think that uh, that's going to be any different going forward. Well, what uh, what do you okay? Let's get to the game balls and the, let's let's just spend the rest of the. We got about, yeah, we got some time. Let's let's talk about some of these kids that we we need to talk about from the season and from the playoff games and everything. Sure, uh, Friday night, you know, a lot of big games. Whether it was first round playoff games for the smaller schools or last game of the season for the bigger schools, and I got a list of kids I put together uh, from from the games Friday night from Southeast Iowa that really stood out. You don't want to leave anybody out. You could always add to this list. It could probably be triple what it is. And, of course, linemen never get any love because there's not a lot of stats that go along with them. So I'm just going to go down the list of offensive players. I'm going to start with Mid-Prairie. I want to hand out some virtual game balls here. Uh, Running backs, Tyler Helmuth and Brandon Hartley. Uh, Tyler ran for 116 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Brandon ran for 109 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, quarterback Will Cavanaugh, he was uh, only 5 for 11 for 42 yards and a touchdown, but he also had a TD rush, and it sounds like he made the, the passes when they needed to be made. And I believe throughout the, the season, he's one of our uh, areas, and maybe if not the state's uh, top guys when it comes to completion percentage, which is a very commendable stat to have as a high school quarterback. And then one more, uh, Kane Brown, the young man that you heard Coach Kavanaugh talk about that had come back from injury. I read a little bit about him. He had two big interceptions in the game there. And and the kid had uh, broken his leg early in the season. And he said in uh, a newspaper interview that he wasn't necessarily supposed to be playing yet, but he, uh, he's he been feeling good. And he kind of snuck into his doctor and said, hey, doc, I'm feeling good. Can I go? And the doc gave him the green light. By golly, he was out there making big plays on defense for Mount, uh, for Mid Prairie the other night. Yeah, they really had a stellar performance. So. They did it all. You know, uh, the final score doesn't doesn't show it because I, I know the opponent there uh, got those two late touchdowns due to that phenomenal play yeah. by the uh, this freshman, freshman quarterback, quarterback from Northeast Goose Lake was. Yes, he just he you know I mean it's like they kept putting him away and then he kept putting him back in the game and then they'd put him away and then he put him back in the game. And then, I mean, he had him in that game until eight seconds left in the game. I mean, definitely. Yeah. I mean, had the, had to have the, the golden Hawk fans and coaching staff sweating, you know, but uh, I, like I said, I, I felt like it was a lot like the Davis County game mid Prairie from kickoff. They, they want to get out to fast starts and they did, they really had their hands around the game the entire time. But, um, you know, you get some some. You're in the playoffs. Nobody's laying down anymore, so no, you got to play to the final whistle. No, they're playing like their life depends on it. You sure are, and, and that's uh, well. That's there was really, a young kid really that I I, I told uh, I told Coach Cavanaugh we're giving him the Rudy Renneker Award because he was <laughs> just on the hands team. You know, there was onside kick right at the end of the game, and they said he's like, I don't know, five foot nothing, 130 pound nothing. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, he picked up that ball and he almost ran it back for a touchdown. But you know what I mean? It was that was the play that that won that game. To be honest with you, so yeah, it could have things could have really snowballed into something way more interesting if if he hadn't made the play he did. From the sounds of it. So what else you got? All right, I'm going down to Sigourney now, and I'm just going to give a couple of game balls out here. Kate Molinix, the uh, stud running back there, 149 Ooh. yards rushing, three touchdowns. He's got a whole suitcase full of game balls. Yeah, this, man, he could have one every week. Um, Colton Clarahan, eight rushes, 101 yards. Talk about tearing up some chunks and a touchdown man. for the Cobras. That is just so, I don't know, they were real impressive, weren't they? They are, and, uh, and I feel like they're one of those teams where if, if, if there's a defense out there that can shut down one guy, the other ones, the other guys back in that backfield are going to make you pay. It reminds me of some of the great teams I saw from uh, my old school's wing T uh, state championship teams back home in Illinois. So uh, is that anyone else you want to mention over there? Oh, I got a whole list. Uh, that's that's Sigourney's. Um, Washington, they – Finished out with those three uh, straight victories that we thought they'd probably get. They did have a tough one against yeah, West they grind, they had three they grinded games there. What's that? They grinded it out in those three games. They did, and they've got a real special athlete at quarterback, Ethan Patterson. I've been watching him for a couple of years now, and, and now he's getting his chance to start. He's only a junior. He accounted for 398 total yards the other night. He rushed uh, 20 times for 144 yards and a touchdown, and he threw – uh, for another 254 yards and a couple of touchdowns, and they needed all those points because West Burlington put up a fight. Yeah, I don't know what got into West Burlington, but they was they were in it to win it. In that well, I, think they, I think they've got a great coach down there from what I've been reading. I think he's uh, if he sticks around, I think he's going to get that program on 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 its feet real soon. Well, I mean, uh, there was I just feel like like in that 4A division, it's just. The teams just beat each other to death and knock themselves out of the playoffs. It does seem that way when you get into that the bigger schools from three A and up. It's just it gets a lot harder to predict week to week. You can think you know who's the best and who's not, and man, on a on a, any given Friday, you just don't know what's going to happen. Well, we could give a lot of a lot of uh, accolades to Washington for winning that game, and I like the way West Burlington finished out too. I was really proud of those kids for the way they played that game. Yeah, the ones that hung in there till the end, they've got a special junior. His name's uh, Hayden Vandenberg, and this kid's a load. Look for big things from him next year. Okay. Who else? Okay, moving do? on. Moving on to Burlington High School. And, you know, who who else are we going to talk about? Brian Williams. It took him, Fort Madison made him work, and uh, he had to work hard. He got his 250 yards. It took him 37 carries. I'm not sure anybody made him work that hard this year. He did score four touchdowns including that game winner. Um, so, you know, game ball to Bryant Williams. And then I want to recognize their uh, quarterback, Kanye Baker, because he was right there with him. He rushed for another 115 yards on 17 carries. And from what I've uh, read from their head coach, largely did that last game-winning drive, uh, no huddle, calling the plays himself. So that's, uh, that's a smart quarterback. And uh, we'll see what those guys can do against Xavier this week. They got a lot of drive, don't they? They sure do. They, they really want to win. They want to do something that Burlington hasn't done in, like we said, 30 years. Well, hey, uh, man, they, they ain't been in the playoffs in 20 years, and they're in the playoffs now. So, 
one step at a time. Uh, oh, and they've got a tall task ahead, but uh, hopefully they can get it done. We're the only, you know, congratulations, the only team in Southeast Iowa at 4A to make it to the playoffs at all. Yeah, uh, what a tough district that was. And uh, <laughs> they, they were able to come out of it and uh, rep us up there in uh, Cedar Rapids this week. So uh, was that the last ones you want to talk about? Oh, no, I got a few more here, but we're getting down to the end. Uh, Mediapolis, they, they lost their playoff game, but I want to recognize that really special running back, Anthony Isley, 25 carries, 131 yards, and a 77-yard TD pass against that great uh, Pella Christian defense. What a nice game he had. And then uh, Caden Salem um, for Mediapolis. He had uh, three carries for 45 yards, two receptions for 75 yards and a 92 yard kickoff return. So he uh, helped his team out big time, even though it was a losing cause. Um, congrats to Meepo. And then Wapolo, uh, quarterback Cade Parsons in a loss tight game that they had against North Tama, 16 of 31 for 145 yards and a touchdown. This kid puts up good numbers and doesn't make mistakes. And uh, the tailback for Wapolo, Jake Gustafson, 70 yards rushing, Six yard, uh, 67 yards on six receptions. So he helped his team out big time. They just about pulled it out, but lost a heartbreaker. Well, I want to acknowledge uh, how much growth we've had in Wapolo. Uh, people listening to the show, and I did reach out to your coach, but uh, I wasn't able to secure an interview for you. But uh, you know, Scott, you you've uh, you've been following that team, you know, and uh, I really appreciate your coverage of it and. Uh, if we can find someone that can speak on behalf of Wapolo, you know, I, I'd love to put them on, on the show. There's a messenger's place on this. If you want to message me, uh, but, uh, anyway, thanks everybody for listening. Scott, you a fantastic episode again. Like you just, you just peel them off. Like there's nothing to it. Well, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy uh, following all the teams and, and seeing how the kids are doing and hopefully follow them on into college if they choose to play. And, and it's just a lot of fun. to. As an old guy, you know, you're sitting here as an armchair quarterback. We get to watch them do what they do and live vicariously through them. <laughs> yeah, I can remember when I had cartilage. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel you. <laughs> Well, the reason why we got 900 people listening to the show anymore is because of all that hard work that you do and all the time that you take and how much you care about these young athletes. And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I guess I should uh, throw out a couple uh, of uh, offensive and defensives for the week before we wrap it up. Uh, Simeon Reichenbach, is that how you say it? Yes. Yeah. He kicked that field goal to win that game. I mean, you know, that's – I mean, that's getting it done, ain't it? And then – It is, and I'll tell you, uh, he only got 108 yards rushing on 30 carries. I mean, he worked his tail off, and, and those guys game-planned for him and did really well against him, and uh, he still was able to get in the end zone. He threw a touchdown pass. He kicked the two field goals, including the game winner had five receptions for 56 yards. I mean, he had the dirtiest uniform on the field. This kid worked his butt off. Got iced three times and just kicked it right down yeah. the middle like it was nothing. Yep, nothing shakes. And nothing shakes that Waco team. And that's, uh, that's a lot of fun to watch a team like that. Yeah, they are. They were, uh, it, was, uh, it was an amazing week. It's been an amazing year. It just Doesn't it just seem like each week just blows us away more than the week before? 
It does. It's it's sad that so many have gotten weeded out, but that's just the way the playoffs go. Not everybody can make a deep run. Uh, well, some are gonna win some those of, of you who are listening, Minneapolis and Wampolo, you know, I know your seasons came to an end last last week, but both of you played extremely well, and you represented your cities well, and all of Southeast Iowa was proud of you, and uh, just keep stepping forward because you seem like you're just on the cusp of you know, really advancing deep into the playoffs. So you got anything to wrap it up, Scott? Uh, one more thing. I'm going to give him my you, – you asked me for a Rudy guy. I'm going to yeah. throw Isaac Oswald of Waco out there. Um, this this kid, five uh, – what is he, 5'8 or 9, 125 pounds. Jeez. And he's Waco's quarterback, and that kid can chuck a ball, and he can run like like the wind, and he's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, Why we're giving out this Rudy Renneker award is – on Round Guy, the podcast, is because Round Guy's friends with Rudy Renneker, the real Rudy Renneker that were, they made the movie about. Uh, That's right. <laughs> so, you know, you never that guy knows everybody. Anyway, everybody, uh, yeah. thanks a lot, Scott. We appreciate you. Yep. All right, we're yeah, out. We'll talk more. All right. He's lost power there. There we go. All right.